Welcome to Reading Makes You Better in Bed, a podcast where we tell you what to read, what to watch, and stuff about our relationship you didn't know you wanted to know. I'm Laura. I'm Amy. And we run Secret Book Stuff, a monthly book subscription and a club you actually want to be in. Welcome to Reading Makes You Better in Bed. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for listening to our very first podcast episode. I'm pretty gosh darn excited and obviously we're kicking things off with a bang. We're going to talk about the best books of 2021, the year of the breakup album featuring Adele, Tay-Tay and Olivia Rodrigo and also how to celebrate that breakup album when you're not personally going through a breakup. Speaking of breakups, Laura, I have a surprise for you. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. We're going to tell you our very juicy movie-like love story. As requested by the people of Instagram for the last four years. Right. So strap in, grab a whiskey. Let's make you better in bed. It's that time of year, our favorite time of year, where we discuss our best books, our favorite books for the year of 2021. Tell me your best book of 2021. Laura, this is really hard because, as you know, I went through a big reading stage in lockdown. Yes. Um, very proud of myself. I tried to set a reading challenge for Laura. That was a big fail. So I just like took the cake for both of us. Is that the expression? Took the cake. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> I took the book stack for both of us and I have been churning through books like no one else. I revisited my list um, in preparation for you asking me this question and I hope you don't mind. I've chosen two favorite books of 2021. I'll allow it. Is I'll this allow success- it. Are you going to break up with me? Well, uh- I'll decide by the end of the episode, but since it's episode one of the podcast, I'll allow a little bit of leeway. Okay, thank you. So what's your number one? Number one is Love and Virtue by Diana Reed, which I have absolutely banged on about on Instagram um, for the last few months. It was released in October 2021, published by Ultimo Press, written by Diana Reed. So to the dismay of millennials everywhere, and by millennials I mean people over the age of 30, and specifically, I mean me. <laughs> um, <laughs> is she is in, you. yeah, I know. So Diana Reed is in her 20s. This is her first book. And let me tell you a little story about Diana Reed. So she co-wrote and co-produced the musical version of 1984, you know, George Orwell, which was supposed to be released at the beginning of 2020. And then that thing that is the C word that we don't name anymore happened. And so she was like, you know what? I'm going to write a book instead. And then she bloody wrote a book and it was a good one. You devoured that book. I really did. I read it in one sitting. So Love and Virtue by Dana Reed. It is set in a prestigious Sydney university. Um, It's about like the messy space between adolescence and adulthood. You know, when you finished high school, you're going into uni and you're like, who am I? Where do I belong? Who are my friends? Who do I love? Um, And it's all about like feminism, sex, power play, consent, class structure, And at the center of it all is a pretty toxic friendship between two women. And you know, I love that shit. So that is why I devoured this book. It sounds like an Amy book, right? It does sound like an Amy book. Yeah. And Ultimo Press actually got in touch with us on Instagram and they were like, hey, we think you love this book. Can we please send you a copy? Shout out to Ultimo Press because you were right. You were on the money. So right. I was like, holy shitballs. This is an actual Amy book through and through. I was... So excited to read it. I absolutely loved it. And she's been taking the world by storm, the bookstagram world in particular. So really, really proud of Diana Reed. Don't know her, but I'm proud of her. Like, well done, you. Well done, you. Yeah. So that's my first book. That's a pretty good book. That's a pretty good, you know, straight cab off the rank 
classic book of 2021. It's quite new too. Yes, super new. It was like it kind of swooped in there at the end of the year as one of my faves. R.I.P. to all of the other books you read. (laughs) I know. And I also read uh, Sally Rooney's latest around the same time. And for me, Big Call Ames, but it surpassed Sally Rooney's. And you know I love – you know I love SR. I love how you've just snuck a yet another title into your list, even though you already have <laughs> I know. Two. It was really hard. That was, but that would have been my third. Okay, so now I'm going to tell you my number two. All right. A little bit of a cheat because it's not technically one of my best books of 2021 in that it wasn't released in 2021. It was released in 2018. Laura has been telling me to read this book for years. And At least. At least years. At least years. Okay, (laughs) fine. At least a decade. It was released in 2018, Laura. Calm your farm. But yes, you were telling me to read it for a while. And I was going to. I planned to. I knew I would love it. But I also just have a big stack of books that I have personally chosen myself. So it's really hard to prioritize recommendations by you in there. Even though I feel like I'm the best person to recommend your books though, and you still refuse to read it for so long, even though I'm I didn't so refuse. You're being dramatic, okay? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, so the book we are talking about is Everything I Know About Love by Dolly Alderton, a.k.a. My New Biggest Girl Crush. Now, I want to tell you a little bit about my journey of falling in love with Dolly Alderton, Okay. Just so, if you're listening, Dolly, just to give you some context. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Dolly. Um, so I read Ghosts by Dolly Alderton in 2020, which was released then. Absolutely loved it. Devoured it. Um, very relatable. And I was like, you know what? I should read Dolly's other book. But not yet. And then this year, someone told me to listen to the podcast Sentimental in the City, which is like a mini series within the Sentimental Garbage podcast by Irish author Caroline O'Donoghue. And so she and Dolly Alderton did a mini-series analysing each season of Sex and the City and the two movies. And my God, Laura, it is without a doubt the highlight of my 2021 was listening to that podcast. Each episode is like two hours long, which seems ridiculous, but it is so entertaining. It's very funny. I laughed. I cried. I want to be best friends with them. I feel like they are my best friends. Yeah. Um, anyway, so then I was like, all right. All right, all right. I'm going to listen to Dolly. Gonna, you're finally going to listen. I'm going to listen to Laura. I'm going to read Dolly's other book. But first, got a little sidetracked, read I Feel Bad About My Neck by Nora Ephron, which you have also been telling me to read for years. Dolly Alderton wrote the intro. So I'm like, all right, all right, I'm finally going to read Dolly Alderton's book. And I did. So many layers. Instead, you just could have cut to the quick and been like, I'm I gonna needed read to this book that no, recommended to me. I needed to tell you the journey because it's been winding. But I'm here now. I'm Dolly Alderton's biggest fan. Everything I know about love is a book about, it's a book of essays about friendships, relationships, career, growing up. You know, that feeling when all of your friends around you are like doing adult things and getting married and having babies and buying houses and you're just like, who am I and what am I doing? So very similar to Love and Virtue in a way, but a non-fiction version set in London. And at the core of it is the beautiful love story between Dolly Alderton and her best friends. Like, I just wanted to be a part of that girl gang by the end of it. I absolutely love them all. It is being turned into a TV series by BBC One. It's being filmed right now. I cannot wait. So that is the journey of um, how I came to choose those two books, which both interestingly have love in the title. Mm. Can I just slip a third one in there? Speaking of love, Love Stories by Trent Dalton, which I'm reading right now, which also came out just a couple of months ago. It is like the balm that we all need in 2021. We're all fucking exhausted. 
Please read Love Stories by Trent Dalton. He sat on a street corner in Brisbane for a few months with a typewriter and just asked random passers-by to tell him love stories. And this is the collection that has come out of that. And it is beautiful. From what I know about Trent Dalton, that's very, you know, on brand for him. Well, yeah, he's a journalist. Yeah, but he would be the kind of guy to sit, you know, on the street and... You people would I would approach Trent Dalton. Yeah, same. Him, He's got that like know? extrovert energy, right? He's very warm, very yeah. wonderful. I haven't yeah. met him, but you know, Trent in case you're listening. You saw him on stage. You. I did, yeah. At the Sydney Writers it Festival. It's a beautiful um, moment. But, so anyway, back to me. Is it my turn? Now? Oh sorry, so so sorry. Um I really want to keep talking about the books I've read this year, but I will pass to Laura. Laura, what is your best book of twenty twenty one? So again, I'm also cheating, but um so I'm reading a book that actually was released in twenty twenty, but 2020, 2021, they're kind of like merged into one big blob of a year. So I'm using that. Um, my best read this year was a book called I'm Thinking of Ending Things by Ian Reid. And I came across this book, you know, back in 2020 when I was kind of looking for, I love a really great suspenseful novel, but one that's artfully written. So, you know, I think Carolyn Kepnes, you absolutely loved it. You know, anything that is kind of keeping you on your toes and it just has this undercover hum of suspense. So it's told through the eyes of an unknown narrator. Um, and basically it all, you know, happens within, you know, a 12 hour period pretty much um, on the drive that she and her boyfriend Jake are taking to see Jake's parents who live on a farm for the first time. And this is also being turned into a movie at Netflix that are making. So, which is going to be really great. Um, but you know, it starts off like quite, you know, normal enough. Um, she kind of has this feeling of, she's thinking about breaking up with Jake. She's kind of like, Oh, I'm not really into it. But then also, you know, having those feelings of backwards and forwards about breaking up, like, you know, he's fun. He's nice. He's like tall, good looking, could be fine, could be a fine, nice life to have. And then things take a really sinister turn once they arrive at his parents' house. And, you know, on the drive, he's just like being a bit odd, being a bit weird. Um, and whilst this is all happening, she's also getting some phone calls from a very strange person who keeps leaving her messages about having the answer to some sort of something. And she's also woken up many times to, you know, this person staring at her through her window. Oh, my gosh. Um, Wait, hold on. Sorry to interrupt. Is this the book that you were, like, gripping my hand in the middle of the night when you were listening to it? Yeah. Saying that you were frozen in fear? Yeah. So, (gasps) I'm not easily scared. I love horror. I love a good thriller. I love great writing that makes us feel scared. Because I feel like, you know, there's lots of writing that makes us feel warm and, you know, safe and held and, you know, we invest in the love story. But I feel like to write true terror um, is a really great achievement. And Ian, shout out to you. You have absolutely done this and I haven't finished it yet because I'm, you know, I'm at like this real crux and climax of the book and I'm not ready to finish it. And also I'm kind of scared to go back in. Right. That's how much I loved this book. Bone to pick. It's very unsuspecting. It's very a slow burn. So if you want something that's kind of in your face, you know, a snippety snappity crime who done it thing. This is not the book for you. But if you want something that's, you know, going to titillate you in a way that Oh, I love that word. It gives me a little tingle. All horror fans. A little love. tingle in my nips. This is the book for you. Okay. So bone to pick. Go on. Why do you always do this where you're really into a book and you read like half of it, maybe three quarters, and then you put it down and it's like you 
don't pick it up again. How I'm can you handle that? that? I'm like a one sitting kind of gal. If I'm in, I'm in. I know. I know you are. But I think for me, I was reading it at a time right before all of my work ramped up for the end of the year and I didn't have the time or the brain space to dive back in and, you know, be in this because it's one really long extended scene. I think what is going to happen at the end of the book, it's very kind of, um, in the moment pacing of the way that it's written. It's not like, oh, last week we did this and tomorrow I'm going to do this. It's like, you know, you're driving in the car with them for the two hour journey and you're going through everything that they're going through. You're sitting through this hour long dinner, mm-hmm. you know, with the parents. It's really awkward. Mm-hmm. You know, she's exploring the basement and you kind of, you know, it's very, very, um, you know, Charlotte Wood animal people kind of pacing Oh wow! in terms of, you know, it's very in the moment. Okay. But. So would I like it? I think so. I think that you would be a little bit impressed by the writing. I would love for you to read it, but you probably won't because you no, won't take I, a recommendation from me. No, for real though, I just did a little quick count of my books for the year mm-hmm. and I am 12 books off my target. Okay. Do you think I can well read 12 books in the next couple of weeks before the end of 2021? Well, I mean, sure. If you count, I'm thinking of ending things as one of your books. A hundred percent. only five and a half hours listening time. I can do that. So. I can smash that out. But also, I think I want to read it because, you know, I'm not as into Audible as you. Um, but, yeah, okay. So, if I add it to my list, you think that I can get through. Thanks for believing in me. That's right. I'm really excited to hit my goal. So, there we go. That's our best books of 2021. Best books of 2021. We are going to leave these titles in the show notes as well so that you can pick up where we left off. And coming up right next, we've got something that I am very excited to talk about. Adele, Taylor Swift, and Olivia Rodrigo. Laura. Yes, Amy. I'm still here. (laughs) I have a confession to make. Oh, God. There was a time earlier this year when I wished that we had broken up. Just one time? (laughs) Okay, fine. There was a couple. But this one particular time that Mm -hmm. I'm talking about, Mm -hmm. I was driving home from my writer's retreat in the mountains, listening to a new album that I discovered thanks to Instagram called Sour by Olivia Rodrigo, who I knew nothing about. Anyway, that doesn't surprise me. I was instantly transported back to former breakups and I just thought, wow, imagine if I was heartbroken right now because every song felt so relatable. It was like the devastation, the anger, all of the feelings. And so I was like imagining myself driving along in the rain, ugly crying because my boyfriend broke up with me in high school. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Staring out the window with your headphones on. Yeah, totally. The cords all tangled. Yeah. Like my Avril Lavigne days. Yeah, right. And I was just like... Oh, I wish that this album was around when I was a teenager. When you needed it. Secondarily, I wish that Laura and I were broken up right now so that <laughs> I could, like, really feel this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying because, I mean, for real, 2021 has been the absolute year of the breakup album between mm-hmm. Olivia mm-hmm. Rodrigo. And for those who don't know who Olivia Rodrigo is, she was the star of the revived and revamped High School Musical that was on Disney. Um, and God damn it, she's 18 years old. She is fucking 18 years old. <laughs> she is another child prodigy. And she released her album Sour this year um, and with obviously the lead track Driver's License, which inadvertently, you know, broke Spotify records across the universe. Yeah. She's just amazing. And it's our num- Driver's License is our number one song on both of our Spotify yeah. 2021 playlists, yes. um, which is not embarrassing. I am actually not embarrassed by that at all. I sing that song to our dog when it's bedtime <laughs> because it's just the song that's on loop yeah. in my head all year. Um, it so, is really great. It is really great. But yeah, you know, between 
if, if anyone has listened to Sour, it is an absolute stab to the heart breakup album, but it's also like very introspective in terms of, you know, how she's feeling, how she's going. And this whole thing really played out in the media, which I thought was, you know, quite juicy. But then also you've got Tay-Tay, number one bay, re-releasing all of her amazing, you know, recordings. And obviously the latest one mm. is Red. And with the centerpiece of this album being this massive, big, extended version of All Too Well, a.k.a. Jake Gyllenhaal, I hate you. <laughs> I love this super, super juicy, like, yeah. in the media kind of, what was it, like 13-minute video yeah. that they made, that she made? Yeah. It's phenomenal. There is definitely a Taylor Swift vibe to Olivia Rodrigo. I mean, she is like an institute speaker and panellist for the Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media, which I love. And she's so young. She is so young. She's so young and so heartbroken. And I mean, also, speaking of heartbreak, you've got Adele finally releases yet another breakup album. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in her own words, she basically said this album is about divorce, darling, in her accent. So, So, you know. Did it make you want to divorce me? It did a little bit because I really wanted to absorb myself into Adele's albums. And, you know, I loved 25. I loved 21. I loved 19 when it came out. I'm like a massive undercover Adele fan. So much so that I had it marked in our joint calendar when the album was coming out. And I was very excited about it. I was a little bit skeptical about Adele's album at first when I first heard Easy On Me, but obviously it grew on me and it's, you know, also managed to weasel its way into my top 10 songs yeah, of the year. I just want to take everyone back to that moment when you first listened to Easy On Me, which was also in the calendar, um, Adele's single release. Yeah. And Laura was quite upset and she kept looking at me and going, oh, I just, I just, I just don't, don't know. know. I just don't know. I'm just not sure about it. It's just, I don't think I'd like it. And I was like, Dals, give it a minute. Give it a hot minute listen to it a few times, you'll get there. Yeah. And you did. And I did. Mm -hmm. I bloody well got there. But it made me think, how do you, how can you, you know, enjoy these great, amazing, soulful, sad breakup albums when you're not going through a breakup? You know, I'm not speaking for you here, but, like, I think, you know, things in my relationship run are fine. Just fine. (laughs) Silence. No, I agree with you. I'm very much in love with you. It's quite annoying considering this yeah. is the year of the breakup album. You know what else? I COVID had... is the year of the breakup, though, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's a sensitive topic, isn't it, for many people? But So I guess there are many people who've been able to enjoy these breakup albums, you know, from that literal place of empathy. But for the rest of us, it's kind of like reading a book. You know, we love reading because you can step into the shoes of someone else. It opens your mind, expands your empathy levels and your emotional intelligence, it's kind of like that with listening to these breakup albums. It's like it takes you right back to moments in your life when you've experienced that. Like, do you remember when that punky article came out when Olivia Rodrigo's album was really big and it was like 16 memes about millennials feeling old while listening to Sour? (laughs) And honestly, they just make me cackle because I am that. Like, I am 32 and I'm like, I feel these things like this 17, 18-year-old is feeling so hard. Like, I've almost texted my high school boyfriend if I had his number I would have <laughs> and I was like hey like, you okay? <laughs> that really sucked you know like <laughs> I, think, I think the good thing about all of this is there's like so many different stages of like 
lives and ages with you. You've got Olivia Rodrigo, who wrote a lot of these songs, I'm pretty sure, when she was 17, released them when she was 18. And then you've got Tay Tay. You know, Red came out, I'm pretty sure, when she was in her early 20s. You know, she was, yeah, you know, dating lots of different things. And then you've got Adele, who was 30, and it's not, you know, just a relationship breakdown. This is like a marriage breakdown. It's a divorce. It's all of this stuff. And it's really, you know, this whole journey of a breakup. But, you know, do you think that you can enjoy all of these albums, even if you're not, like, really feeling what they're about. Absolutely. You know how many times I've listened to Sour. I know. Like, red lights, stop signs. I still see your face in the white cars and the sidewalks or whatever. Like, mm. I know those songs backwards. Mm. I sing them to you. I know. <laughs> which you love. <laughs> um, and I enjoy them so much because I've been through that. Like, there are very few people throughout the world who have not experienced heartbreak on whatever level and it just takes you into that you know it takes you into that moment like I had a laugh this morning when I saw that an article in InStyle magazine where the author was like I asked my boyfriend to do like a fake end of relationship so that I could fully immerse myself in the album and then it turns out that he actually did break up with her a few weeks later so that's a thing but it's the intimacy like it's the way that these artists they're talented at helping us step into their lives for a hot moment. Like, you know, that New Yorker article said about Adele's new album that it was so intimate that it made her other albums feel almost clinical. And we would never have thought that because hello, hello. Hello. (laughs) Yeah, hello, hello. And, like, you know, all of those amazing old songs that we all know. Someone like you. Yeah. Chasing pavements. Yeah. All of these things. When we were young. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. It does get me. And I feel like, so what was your breakup album then? What album have you turned to when you were going through a breakup? At the time. At the time. Okay. Yeah. So, um, Avril was my angry teenage kind of breakup album. Yeah. You know, Skater Boy, Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> All those ridiculous I get it. punky songs, which I still love, to be honest. And What's the early noughties? This is this is interesting because like it's a little bit before my time, as mm-hmm. in after my time, sorry, like, but my older cousin introduced me to Alanis Morissette. So Jagged Little The Pill, Queen of the Breakup album. Oh my God. Those narrative songs that are so angry I loved them so much. And then I think later on, I remember going through a breakup when, uh, this is so random, but Gautier's album was really big. Oh, yeah. Someone that I used to know. Listen to that on repeat. Not really a breakup album, but it reminds me of breakups because of the time. You know, it was like when you smell a smell and it takes yeah. you back to a moment in time. I get it. It's kind of like that. Mine was Truth is a Beautiful Thing by London Grammar. Okay. Um, I really loved that album. You know, it's got like Rooting for You, a big picture, you know, all of those kind of really big, almost ballad like, um, songs. And I also love Broods. Any, I love Broods anytime, but mm. you know, I think it's, yeah, London Grammar is like, it is sad core. Same as Big Thief. They're both like really, I'm going to listen to this and be sad yeah, kind know. of vibe. I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. None of the things that you are saying mean anything to me, but I will say something that means a lot to a lot of people. ABBA. ABBA. Yeah. Going to throw that in there. Knowing me, knowing you. Oh, that gets me every time. That specifically, is though, you specifically love. Specifically Angie McMahon's cover, cover version. It is, I think, number two on my top Spotify 2021 yeah. playlist. And I listen to it literally over and over again. I'm obsessed with it. It's just so, like, grungy and sexy and sad and yeah. I'm into it. Should know? I leave you alone? I think so. <laughs> I think I just need a minute to Should I just pretend to break up with you so you can, like, really enjoy yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, we could do a pretend end if you want. <sighs> Maybe next week. Yeah, we're a bit busy right now. Yeah, a bit busy. 
Anyway, that's the year of the breakup album. Mm. Glad you loved it. Thank you for listening to my confession and still loving me at the end of it. No worries. Any goddamn time. Coming up next, we're going to tell you our love story that does not end in divorce. Well, not yet. Not yet, anyway. And now, dear listeners, the moment that you've all been waiting for. Speaking of breakups. <laughs> nice try, sweetie. I don't have time for that. Um, what we are going to run through now is our most requested, most queried, most, hey, can you tell me about how you got together mm, story. Our love story is um, of it's fascination. A hot, it's a hot topic in the land of secret book stuff. It's, so we yeah. thought, why not? I think it's a fascination to a lot of people because especially people who knew me beforehand knew that I had never dated a woman before I mm. was um pretty straight in 180 as I thought as everybody else thought yeah and then Laura comes along steals my heart um <laughs> a little bit of a shock but also I was pretty chill about it I was like okay we're doing this now that's mm. fine um and everyone really rallied behind they did me, really rally which was great probably because you are so lovable as it is and they could that's see nice. we're a great match but I think what people love the most about our story is that it was books that brought us together yes right because i had been running secret book stuff as a random act of kindness project for six months before we got together i was anonymous you found out about it you were writing all these articles about secret book stuff top five ways to be kind top five ways to get back into reading top five small businesses you should get behind (laughs) (laughs) trying to get my attention mad crush vibes laura huge crush vibes and we actually we wrote freelance for the same local publications so we followed each other on instagram already we talked about books a little bit in our dms and then one day laura suggested we have coffee yeah and i said yeah okay i have a 20 minute window on the 4th of december 2017 it sounds you know it sounds outrageous but that is exactly what amy said to me (laughs) and she swanned in amy loves to swan in she swanned in with like what i now know is her pajama shirt and like Beach, just swam in the ocean hair. Beach and hair, don't care. And no shoes. Mm-hmm. Ripped jeans. I remember yeah. my outfit completely. What was I wearing? I would not have a clue. <laughs> I honestly would not. Do you I know? remember. Yes, I was wearing um, my Smith Street Band shirt, black jeans, and Doc Martens. Which Smith Street Band shirt? It's dark blue, and it says on the back, take me to the river. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah, sounds like. I remember the Docs. For sure. Uh, I think you were wearing them because you'd seen me wearing docks in my Instagram stories and oh, you thought I was cool. Oh, get and out. And then you went and bought some. Um, Jeans and docks in December. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, so we had coffee. 20 minutes became three hours. And then, do you remember, we were talking about Tinder because I had just joined Tinder and I think my bi- my bio was something like, I said I would never join Tinder and I hate texting. And we were talking about how much I hated texting. Yeah. And then at the end of our coffee date, I sent you a DM on mm. Instagram and I was like, hey, what's you your number in. so I can never text you? And then I didn't text you. No, you didn't. <laughs> and I played it very, very cool. But yeah. I think we were talking on Instagram quite significantly. Yeah, I think we were DMing. But then you, I remember now why I texted you because you went on a solo reading holiday, which is something that we'll talk about in this podcast in later episodes. Yes. And it was on a houseboat. And I saw your Instagram post and I was like, OMG, that's amazing. Mm. And then I remembered that I had your number and I texted you to be like, yo, your holiday looks amazing. I think I had some other reasons to text you. You wrote like a little poem that was like houseboat vibes, like whiskey soon or something like that with some emojis. You definitely put some thought into it. Uh, Look, no, that sounds like something I wouldn't have put thought into, but in hindsight, I'm quite proud of. Yeah. 
I think my yeah. best work comes when I don't think about it too much. So. <laughs> and then so Christmas rolls around. So we'd been chatting. We'd bumped into each other a few mm-hmm. times about town. And then Christmas rolls around and I had said to my family, basically in Mariah Carey style, but I substituted the word Amy for secret book. And it was like, all I want for Christmas is a secret book. And my sister, shout out to Ekeb, Minikeb, um, she got me a secret book and presented it to me as the last Christmas present on the day. You know that there's always one present that's left that's like a special present. Yeah, like our, my parents in the back yeah. of the day used to like save the best till last and make us think that we weren't going to get it. That was the present. That was, mm-hmm. And mum and dad couldn't really understand. They were like, oh, a book. And I was like, oh, my God, I cried, I think. I don't think I've even told you that. That sounds like something you would yeah. do for sure. And we will tell this story in the next episode about what book I sent you oh, and how it's become very meaningful to us both. But, yeah, you got a secret book for Christmas. Yeah. That opens the door for more conversations. Yeah, because, I mean, it's the festive season. Love is in the air. It's summertime. Um, Meanwhile, you know. I'm going out on bad Tinder dates. Yeah. <laughs> Skipping around town. And then, you know, New Year's rolls around and they, everybody knows there's so much pressure on goddamn New Year's Eve. But I was actually working. Amy was at a party. Um, well, no. You know, well, you actually had dinner with your parents. I did it with my parents and I was planning to spend New Year's alone. I was going to listen to my favorite, like, songs of the year and yeah. read books. And I was so excited about it. And then you suggested that we break into your bookshop where you used to work. Yes. And alphabetize with whiskey in hand and i was like that sounds fucking amazing yeah Let's you're like that. that's suddenly how i want to spend my new year's eve and i was like as if like as if i remember doing like the biggest eye roll and then suddenly you know it's 20 to 12 i finally get home from working on the central coast i finally get home and you just pull out of an uber and swan out and be like hey it's laura <laughs> kebby <Beach laughs> sure. yeah beach hair don't care and, you know, I have many keys to many places that I have worked. I don't tend to give them back because I feel like they're mine now and I tend <laughs> to use them. So I was working in a venue at the time, which is an old converted church, um, and I happily let myself and Amy in. Um, you know, it's 20 to 12, you know, like New Year's Eve, you know, like you couldn't have written it. It's an abandoned church, very creepy yeah. vibes. But beautiful, like twinkly lights. It was great lighting. Anyway, so I'm giving Amy this <laughs> tour of this venue. And then, you know, suddenly she turns to me, she's behind me and she's like, it's midnight. And I was like, yeah, cool. Anyway, and then kept walking. So awkward. It was like the biggest anticlimax ever. But then, you know, two hours and 43 minutes later... <laughs> Where suddenly Amy was on top of the table because she likes to climb things and be I do higher like to than climb most. Yeah. And you were, you know, like dancing around on the table, like classic, now that I know, it's a classic drunken names love move <laughs> of, you know, reliving your ballerina days. <laughs> and then I climbed up onto the table with you and you took like a couple of steps forward towards me and then you were like, hey, so have you seen Notting Hill? And then I said, oh, no, I haven't seen the scene not the movie, which infuriates mm. you. And then you proceeded to rant for about 20 minutes about the fact that I had not seen Notting Hill. Can't believe you haven't seen Notting Hill. Hugh Grant's bookshop and Julia Roberts and blah, blah, blah. And then that was that. But then at the end of that rant, I was like, I don't really know where this is going. Can you get on with it? And you took like another step towards me and you were like, so I'm just a girl standing in front of. And before you could finish, I just like stepped forward and kissed you. Oh, my God, that's hot. It was. Mm. Yeah, it was. And then the table broke. Yes. 
the table broke and like it was literally you know tower of terror dreamland like dream world vibes of like your stomach falling out of your mouth because that's how quickly we fell to the ground i don't even remember that though like i just remember suddenly being on the ground yeah i didn't feel the terror (laughs) and then i felt the terror and then i held your head and stopped your head from hitting the ground and i said i guess now you know how i fell for you Oh, what a line. This story sounds so ridiculous. Like if you if you were just hearing it cold, you'd be like, yeah. oh, what movie is that from? You know, no. it's, it's, stupidly, it's 100% true. It's stupidly moving like, but it is definitely 100% true. No embellishment. Yeah. I still can't believe that this is how it all happened. And pretty much things just kind of kicked off from there. We didn't really know what was happening, but no. here we are. And But let's backtrack a little. You mm. had a crush on me, yeah? Like you were into yeah. me. You wanted to be with me. And I was just like, what is happening here? Like, what is this? You know, I remember feeling definite crush vibes. Like, you know, when you texted me, I would feel like a little, like, woohoo in my heart. We were bantering. We've got good banter. Even to this day, we've still got good banter. Great banter. Great banter. Um, So I loved texting you, even though I hate texting. We were, like, texting all the time. We read a book, a really bad book at the same time, and we were, like, commentating it to each other. Mm. I would get excited to, like, finish work and see all these texts from you on my mm. phone. But I was sort of like... You didn't really know what was happening. Yeah, like, I, just, I don't know. I just wasn't really thinking about it too much as well. Anyway, I'm just going to jump to... Digress. Three weeks later, I was in Brisbane, family holiday. Last day there, went to visit one of my great friends, and I was thinking to myself, what is going on with this Laura girl? Like, I've been away from her for 10 days. I think about her all the time. I think this might be a thing. So I'm talking to people about it. They're all like really excited. Mm. And then my friend takes me to her new house, which is on Laura Street. Then the morning that I fly out, she takes me to her favorite cafe, which is called the Laura Street Cafe. And as we approach, there is a blackboard out the front with hashtag I love Laura written in chalk on it. Yeah. And I was like, universe having a major lol here. Flew home. I don't... I'm not scared of turbulence. I bloody love turbulence, but there was lots of turbulence that day. And I remember actually feeling scared for the first time in my life because I was thinking, I'm not going to be able to tell Laura that I love her. Mm. And it wasn't even like a fully formed thought. It was just like this feeling. And then when I landed, I went straight to your house, walked up the stairs, sat on your floor, started. You paced around the room. You paced around the room. You were wearing your black overalls and stripy shirt and your universe bands. And (laughs) you kept pacing around the room, saying something about turbulence and blah, 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 like going on this massive big rant. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, you're like, anyway, so I guess I love you. Yeah. Yeah. And then Laura's like, thanks, bye. (laughs) (laughs) I just had this smug look on my face like I tend to get sometimes when I know that I'm right. So smug. And then I remember you got down on the floor. I was kneeling on the floor at this point. You got down on the floor and you knelt down in front of me and you were like, well, that's really convenient because I love you too. (sighs) I had so many good lines back then. (laughs) Yeah, what happened to me? (laughs) You dropped the ball. Anyway, and then here we are four years later. Yeah. Still still annoyingly in love. Well, it took a little while for us to get together together, but yeah. we do count New Year's as our anniversary. Yeah. Because that's when it all kicked off and the universe exploded inside my mind. Yeah. Mm. And here we are. Here we are. So this has been the first episode of Reading Makes You Better in Bed. It was really nice to share our love story with you. We hope to share a lot more stuff about our relationship that you didn't know you want to know. I've got some tea on you that I can't I've wait got to some spill. Tea on you. <laughs> 
Do I? I don't know. But we definitely are going to be quizzing each other to test the strength of our relationship. And also on the next episode... We take a deep dive into what it's like to love, hate Twilight, and also our top five desert island books, which coincidentally leads right back to the first book that Amy ever gifted me. See you then. Thanks for listening to Reading Makes You Better in Bed with Amy and Laura from Secret Book Stuff. Don't forget to subscribe, leave us a lit review, and you can find us at secretbookstuff.com. I think you're too old to say that now, darling.